Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the songs that have been sung and blessing your name. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in giving. And now, as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our heart and that it will grow up to be a mighty oak beside the springs of living water. We thank you and we honor you for it all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are starting a brand new series. Um, at the last month's series of talking about some assembly required, I think this is the next series that would be uh, appropriate to discuss. Actually, this series has, uh, I got a confession to make. This series is actually more for me than it is for you, but you can just, since I get the microphone, you guys get to listen in on what I'm kind of going through myself right now. So this series is going to be called Praying Through, Praying Through. And as we go through it, we're going to be looking at different obstacles to prayer or praying. Pray is something that we are called to do. Praying is the process of doing. And when you do it long enough, you become a prayer, one who prays constantly. And so my opening statement for today is this. Busyness can cause us to forget to pray. But God wants us to make prayer the priority before action. Prayer should be the start of our day and the start of every event. I'm going to have to read that one more time just so the folks in the back can make sure they heard it appropriately. Busyness can cause us to forget to pray. But God wants us to make prayer the priority before action. Prayer should be the start of our day and the start of every event. So again, this is the beginning of this series called Praying Through. In our first episode, the subtitle is busyness. So if we put it all together, we're going to be talking about praying through busyness, which then runs us into our definitions. Our first definition is praying. Praying is asking, supplicating to entreat for or to seek by earnest prayer. Through is from in to end of or from side to side of. And busyness, the state or condition of having a great deal to do. We're going to be in Acts, the first chapter, starting at the 12th verse. The English Standard Version runs it down like this. Acts 1.12 says this. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olet which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women 
and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Colossians 4 and 2 says this, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts in Jesus' name. Now, when, when we talk about prayer, we can look at it as, how do we pray? Do you, do you make bargains with God? Do you, do you say, God, if you do this, I'll do this? Or is prayer an afterthought after you have done something and then you realize, I should have prayed about this before I did this? When you get pulled over by the police for speeding, do you call on Jesus? Do you call on God when you need something? And the infamous one you tell folks, I pray for you. Now that doesn't mean anything's actually going to happen. It just means something nice to say. Or we forget to do it later on. But just... I want us to remember as we go through this series that prayer is more important than really what we give it credit for. Prayer is more important than what we give it credit for. With that said, what type of prayer does God hear? Does he even hear the small prayers? Somebody once said, why does the little prayer of one syllable such as Lord or, or Father or, or Jesus pierce the heavens? Surely because it's offered with a full spirit, with, with intentionality, with a desire for God to work in that situation. It is encompassing the height and the depth and the length and the breadth of the spirit of the one who is praying. When you get ready to be in a head-on collision, you don't have time to call upon the father of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob of 40 and two generations. You don't have time to say that. So it becomes this one word and the intention behind the word has so much meaning in it that it reaches the throne room of God. Yes. So prayer has this, this, this weight to it that although it seems to be a small, light thing, the effect of it is so great in us and could be great for us. So first of all, the first thing that we have to remember about prayer is prayer is communication. But it's, it's beyond just asking for things. It's beyond us just wanting things for God to do for us. It, it's, it's an opportunity for us to get to know God better and for God to know us better. But you say God already knows us. But yes, but he wants us to know that he knows that he knows about us. We talked about last 
we, when God comes into your house, that there are certain areas of the house you don't want him to go in, but those are the areas that he wants to be a part of because he already knows what's in that part of the house. He wants to help you and assist you to have in victory in those parts of your life. And so we have to realize that prayer is the communication that we have with the creator of heaven and of earth. Yes. And with that being said, this relationship with God is just like our human relationships is cultivated in communication. How can you say you have a relationship with someone you never talked to? How can you say you have a relationship with someone you don't interact with? Yes. I'm not back on to marriage, but I'm just saying in life, you can't have relationship without communication. And so we have to realize that there's opportunity for us to get to know God a little bit better. For those of us that were not front of the room students. We kind of sat in the back of the room and, and, and really didn't pay attention. And, and then when test time came, we wondered why was we having a test when it's been on the syllabus for the beginning, since the beginning of the, of the we're not going to call out no names and we're not going to point no fingers. Just look straight ahead. Nobody know I'm talking to you. But we want to have this, 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 understanding that God who knows all things will tell you all things he knows when you have a relationship with him. God will tell you all that he knows when you have a relationship with him. And in the breath of that or the, uh, uh, the, the uh, boundary of that relationship it's opportunity for you to ask for things. It's an opportunity for you to seek out for things and to ask why things are the way they are. Because God wants to answer your prayer. But if I told you God only wants to answer the prayers of those he had a relationship with, you'd be looking at me sideways. But let me ask you, if a stranger walked up to you and asked you for $100, what would you say to them? Get out my face. Uh, but, uh, uh, but wait a minute, didn't you? We were just talking about giving, but I don't know you. But we want God to give us all his cattle on a thousand hills, and we want him to give us all these things, but we don't have no relationship with him. I'm going to flip this story a little bit. There was these seven young men who uh, came upon this young lady who was possessed by a demon. And these seven young men said, we adjure you or we rebuke you in the name of the God that Paul spoke about. And the spirit in the young lady says... Paul I know, and God I know, but who are you? Is God having that same type of relationship with you where he's like, well, who are you? 
Who are you to be coming into the throne room and to asking these things when I don't even know you? There was a... I'm, I'm going to do those yet. Okay. We, we, we have to sometimes realize that as we're going through life, that we actually have the roadmap for success. You don't have to struggle the way you're struggling right now. Okay. You don't have to wonder as much as you're wondering. You don't have to stress as much as you're stressing. But you are choosing to do this because you're allowing your circumstances to be greater than your ability to communicate. You are allowing the things that you see in front of you to be greater than the access that you have to the creator and the king of kings. You are allowing. Now, that I want you to understand you're allowing this to happen because it doesn't have to be. If we prioritize communicating with God above our busyness. We can realize that we aren't as busy as we thought we were, number one. Number two, we realize that a lot of our busyness is just a distraction. If we could realize that our priority is establishing our relationship with God, it will actually improve the relationships around us. Because it will cause us to see things for what they are and not what we just perceive. So we sometimes avoid listening to God because we know that if, for example, if we pray and we're trying to intercede for someone, God may actually ask us to go do something for the person. Well, God... I, uh, go heal such and such. Well, take us some chicken noodle soup. Well, well God, you know, I, I, I got to go to the store. I got to go do this. I got to, uh, uh, Father, can you find somebody else to go ahead and, and, and deliver that chicken soup? I, I, I really don't. But when we pray and if we have this relationship and we have this confidence that God knows what he's doing, when we ask him, we know that he may have a, a requirement for us to be the his hands and feet on the earth and if we have that relationship with him we will be willing to do that so that we can be what God needs us to be on the earth and sometimes we'll go up and, and we'll ask God for something and we'll say amen and get up and walk away and God was like I was just getting ready to talk I was getting ready to tell you but you don't hear nothing because you're not spending time. What kind of relationship is it when you, all, you get to say this, 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 and this, and you don't wait for any feedback to come? You don't wait to hear the result of what you communicated. In the process of communications, you have three basic parts. You have the sender of the communication. You have the message, and you have the receiver. And so when you send the message, the receiver receives it, and you would want to have feedback from the receiver to make sure that the message that you are conveying had been properly conveyed. 
But when we deal with God, we, we just get we just throw him out the message. God, you can decipher it. Let us and go ahead and do it. I'm counting it done. Have a good day. Oscar la vista, baby. And we go on and leave God standing there trying to talk to us. Now, I know married couples have gone through this. There have been times when you're having this communication and the other person just walks off because they thought you were done, but you had some more to say, and you're just standing there like with your mouth open, right? Well, it was going to say something, but they walked off. I believe that's how God feels about us sometimes. That he's like, I'm getting ready to tell you the answer that you've been seeking. And you done walked off and said, all right, God, talk to you later, deuces. So if we don't listen, how can we hear? If we don't listen, how can we hear? Another writer says the essence of Judo-Christian prayer conceives of this fellowship between God and humans as a communion reflecting the forms of the social relationships of humanity. Christian prayer is thus a sequel in a relationship that begins before the idea of praying even occurs to us. Listen to that. Christian prayer is then a sequel in a relationship that begins before the idea of praying even occurs to us. One is summoned to continue the dialogue by the God who offers the gift of prayer, who guarantees its reality, and who calls on men and women to pray through the instrumentality of human speech. So this means Christian prayer is not conceived of as the natural human's own achievement, though our own endeavors are, are not precluded. Ultimately, the believer is in Pale to, excuse me, implied to pray by the indwelling God at work in the deepest places of his or her soul. In the New Testament, this understanding of prayer as God's work focuses on the roles of Christ and the Holy Spirit. Prayer is our telegraph, our, our connection. It is our lock-in to God. And God put it in us because he wants to have a relationship with us. If you remember before the fall, it talks about how God would walk with Adam in the cool of the day. Not the cool of the morning that some was coming in this morning complaining, but the cool of the day when it's the right temperature to be Chilling and, and, and relaxing and just being together. We have uh, our neighbors have built, built a nice little bench overlooking their, their property where when the sun's going down, you can look out there and you'll see the husband and the wife just sitting on the bench, just kind of rocking together, just in, enjoying the time because it's not too hot, it's not too cold, it's just right. And the just right time is just good enough for us to spend time with one another. And God is looking for us to find that opportunity to find that cool of the day moment that we would just want to spend time with him. 
As we look through scriptures, we can see where Jesus sometimes, his cool of the day moment was in the morning when he first got up. Sometimes his cool of the morning day was after he got done preaching and he would walk away and go steal some time away to go spend some time with the Father. So it doesn't necessarily matter when the time is. It is that you make the time. It, you make the time. There was a gospel songwriter who wrote a song from the perspective of God, and the, and the title of that song was called, I Miss My Time With You. And he said that those moments together where we would have this dialogue together. But I liked, uh, I believe his name was Larnell Harris, I, I, I liked his version, but one of my favorite uh, lyricists said it like this. He said, Lord, I get, Lord, give me a sign. And he says in there, he says, I really need to talk to you, Lord. Since the last time we talked, the walk has been hard. Now, I know you haven't left me, but I feel like I'm alone. I'm a big boy now, but I'm still not grown. And we have to realize that this is the dialogue that God wants from us. In case you're trying to figure out who my favorite, one of my favorite lyricists is, is DMX. He, he has this attitude of, God, I just, I just I, I'm going through this inter- personal struggle, but I know it's in you that I can get resolve in this. So when we talk to God, it does not have to be a bunch of words. It has to be a heartfelt expression. It has to come from how we feel. We, I remember growing up in our church that we had a deacon and I always would it love when it was his turn back in the day back in those days we had to start the service we had the devotion time when the deacons would would pray and lead songs and and they would have a chair out there I, I call it the praying chair because that's what they would do they would kneel down in the chair and put their hand on their head like this and they would begin to to express how they felt now, it was a very, very eloquent thing. And, and the thing was, when the, this deacon that I'm thinking about, he said the same thing every time. But every time he said it, he said it like he meant it. It may have been, he may have been rehearsed. It may have been, but it, when he prayed his prayer, you was like, he, he talking to Jesus right now. Him and Jesus, he ain't got nobody else in the room, but it's him and Jesus talking. And he would say it in such a way and with such passion that you would listen and you would be a part of it. And you know how us, us, us kids did it back in the day. We see who was getting ready to do it and we would get our minds ready because we would say, he done said it so many times, that we would, in the same manner, be saying what he getting ready to say. 
And we would say it and, and it, would, it would begin to teach us how there were words that we could put together that would provide an opportunity for us to sound like we knew what we was doing when we prayed. Now, it's so funny to me because as I have gotten older and I hear uh, preachers getting ready to preach and I hear them say certain things, I say, oh, I know what kind of church he was brought up in. Because there was certain words that they would say. They would start it all with acknowledging who God was. I'm getting a little bit ahead, but I'm just going down this path. They would start off with who God was, and it, and it, it was that God of Jacob, I mean Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and uh, the 12 tribes, and they would talk about his gloriousness and his righteousness, and they would talk about his love, and I, it would be so funny because they would say the love that goes from heart to heart and breast to breast. See, y'all must have been in my church service. I just didn't see you. Because they would say that, and you would be like, there was this unity, there was this drawing together because of the relationship that he had with God. I remember in the fifth grade, in our English class, Miss Hamilton's class, we had this instruction that we had to do. It was a, it was a thing that we were doing in our English books. The first question said, of the English thing said, before beginning, read the entire instructions. And in this instruction, in, in, it had these different things that you had to do. And it was 20, if I remember correctly, it was about 20, maybe 21 different things. The final instruction of it was only answer question one and two. Question number one was, write your name at the top of the page. Question number two was, write the date at the top of the page. Now question number four and five were things like, circle the third word in this sentence. And the fifth question was something to the effect of, stand up and turn around three times. And it had all these things. And the purpose of it was for us to get an understanding of everything that we needed to do. The reason I'm bringing that up is sometimes we, in the middle of our test, instead of getting an understanding of the entire test, we only deal with that which is in front of us. And it causes us to be too busy in order to only put our name and the date. Because that's all that needs to be done. I should do that one time. Yep, yep. Folks would say, I got it. It was all kind of stuff. And you were sitting there and you'd be like laughing at folks because they, they, they started doing it and trying to be the first one done. And at the end, then you see them trying to erase all the stuff that they did on their paper. But it was too late. Yeah, you're right, baby. Because we like to just jump right in. We like to just jump right in and, and, and deal with it. But that's where the busyness comes in. But if you kind of step back and you say, Lord, as I'm getting ready to do this, what is it that I need to really do? 
how do I really need to do this? If we acknowledge God in all our ways, the Bible says that he will direct your path. Just because everybody else went took the left lane don't mean that that's the lane that you might need to take. You might need to just stand there because there's a different thing that's getting ready to happen. So if Jesus were to give you an assignment, would you talk to Jesus about the assignment? Or would you just do the assignment? Would you try to get an understanding of the assignment? Or would you say, Jesus, I got it. You just sit over there. I'll go ahead and get it done. Because halfway through it, you'd realize, I should have talked to Jesus about this before I started doing it. And this is what we see with the, the apostles and the others that were in the upper room. Jesus gave them instructions. He said, go there and wait. And that's what they did. They went to where he told them to go. And they waited. And it says as they were waiting, they weren't playing video games. They wasn't looking at their cell phones. They weren't looking at their Apple watches to see what was going on. They began to talk to God and say, we're here and we're available. And if you look at the rest of that uh, narrative, you will see that God came there and met them. Now, I want to point out something that, that the scripture didn't really bring out. But just remember, there were folks that ran all over the place when Jesus got crucified. They took off. They come back once they find out Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Jesus says, okay, what I need y'all to do is go and wait. But there were some folks that were so excited, they were like, oh, Jesus going to heaven? All right, I'm going to go back and do what I was doing. But there were those that listened and went and waited, and they were filled with power from on high. And I would say that when they got to this location, that they did not sit there with a laundry list of saying, Jesus, this is our list of things. They just said, Lord, we're here because this is where you told us to be. Yes. We're here because we don't know which direction we need to go in, so we're just waiting. We're just going to be where we are until we get our next instruction. Yes. And so as they begin to pray, they then discover that if we allow prayer to precede action, we will get the godly result. Yes. If we allow prayer to precede action, then we will get a godly result. Because prayer is intertwined with the Holy Spirit and prayer empowers us. To be God's people. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will give us and direct us and guide us because he can. He says, I don't speak of myself. I only refer you to the word and the word will provide you with the direction. 
So they, uh, uh, the disciples come together, they sit down together, they pray together, and they get filled together. Because they listened to the assignment and didn't try to do anything except the assignment. So there's two different ways. I want to finish with this. There's two different ways you can be busy. You can be busy doing something and you can be busy doing nothing. The key is to know what kind of busy you doing and allow prayer to precede action. You can be busy doing something or you can be busy doing nothing. Back in the day, they called the television the boob tube. Now, I know today when we say boob, we're, we're referring to breast, but back in the day, the word boob meant stupid, meant dumb, meant incompetent. But again, we have changed the words, but boob back in the day meant dumb, incompetent, did not know, ignorant, just didn't know. And that's why they would say you set somebody in front of the television and they will become dumb and incompetent, stupid. Because the television does not allow all processes of the brain to be in effect. It actually puts some parts of your brain into neutral because the brain does not interact with the television the way it would interact with other people. Yes. So if we sit and do nothing, such as watch television all day, and folks say, what you did all day? And what do we usually say? Nothing. I just sat around and watched the television. But your busyness was that you allowed yourself to become busy doing nothing. And God is saying, pray through doing nothing. Seek me. And now, listen, I'm not saying throw all your televisions out your house. I'm not saying that. I'm saying find the balance so that you can establish a relationship with God so that he can direct you to where you need to go. Because it's very important that we know where God needs us to be. Because we are God's hands and feet and voice on and in the earth. With that said, I want to finish this up with saying we have to realize that our lives can become very busy. And just like in on the human side, I've never heard a person say at the end of their life, that they would want to, wish they would have spent more time on their job. They usually say they wish they would have spent more time establishing relationship. They wish they'd have spent more time with their family. They wish they'd have been spending more time doing the things that had lasting value. And I want to caution us today 
that we want to do things that will establish our relationship with God so that he can reveal to us what it is that he needs us to do on this day. Now, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, this can be very complicated for you because your praying is based upon your relationship with Jesus. In order for us to get into the proper position with God, we have to come in the name of Jesus. Bless you. So what I'm saying is, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you have not made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, you are praying to your ceiling. Because Jesus says that if you come any way to the Father except by him, you're a thief and a robber. So let's not be thieves and robbers and let's go to God the right way. And this is a very simple process. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth one confesses and is saved and with the heart one believes and is justified. Accept Christ in your life, knowing that it's in him that you are able to have eternal life. Because if you don't have Jesus, that means you have eternal death. But we want you to have life and have that life more abundantly. So make this, that declaration to accept Christ in your life today. So that you can be in that abundant life. So that you can establish that relationship with God. So he can give you the right direction for you to go in. So that you can be victorious in every situation. Now we're just not telling you this and leaving you alone. Because I say this. This is not an individual event. This is a team sport. So we are willing to come alongside you. And help you to move along this journey. Whether you're local, whether you're anywhere in the world, please contact us. Let us know that you have made that decision. You can contact us at info at godshousecc.com or you can text us at 864-920-0100. You can email us at info at godshousecc.com or text us at 864-920-0100. Let us know that you have made that decision to follow Jesus and we will help you along the way assist you on becoming all that God has called for you to be. Well, brothers, sisters, friends, families, episode number one of Praying Through is in the books. Please don't allow busyness 
to affect, adversely affect your relationship with God or with your significant other, friends and family. Relationship is so, so important. And so we want you to have that time where you're establishing relationships and don't let the business of this world pull you away from that. Well, until next week where we hit episode number two, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.